So where do the Celtics sit right now in their pursuit of a third star and breaking it all down with Keith Smith on the Locked On Celtics podcast? Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talk about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Thank you for making the show part of your daily routine. Whether you're listening to the podcast or watching the show on YouTube, I really do appreciate you, including me and your Celtics experience. I'm John Corrales. I cover the team for Boston Sports Journal. I've also written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, which you can get anywhere books are sold and on my website, johncorrales.com, for 30 bucks if you want a signed and personalized copy. I am going to include Keith Smith in the conversation now. Uh, We're getting into the nitty-gritty of where do the Celtics sit? They have re-signed Marcus Smart, extended Marcus Smart. They have the the Evan Fournier traded player exception. They have options. We talked for a long time. I am breaking this up into two podcasts, two different podcasts here with Keith. And today... I'm looking at the pursuit of the third star. Tomorrow, it's what if they don't pursue a third star? What if it's just Tatum and Brown and they try to build a winner around those guys? Uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of a lot of great conversation here. So let's just get into it. Here's Keith and my conversation about the Celtics and where they stand right now. All right, Keith Smith, uh, Spot Track, Celtics blog, everywhere on the internet where people need <laughs> cap questions. Answered. We've got Marcus Smart here uh, signing the extension. We've got an Evan Fournier uh, traded player exception. So basically, it looked like the Celtics were going in one direction with cap space. And now it looks like they're going in a completely different direction because any amount of cap space now is basically impossible if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah, it's pretty close to that. They can still get to reasonably about $22 million, but that's not overly realistic because that would mean moving on from a lot of guys and things like that. So that's probably not going to happen. They Most likely uh, between the smart extension and let's see if they do one with Robert Williams. If they do one with Robert Williams, they're 100% out of the cap space right. running for next off season. But it would have involved declining the rookie scale team options for guys like Langford, Neesmith, Pritchard, Graham Williams. Those weren't all going to happen. Even if, you know, maybe one of them happens, we'll see. I'm doubtful that even happens. So yeah, I think we're looking at an over the cap team and that will allow them obviously at some point, whether it be, in season this year or next off season to use that uh, bright and shiny new big trade exception that they created for Evan Fournier. We love TPEs yeah. in Boston. Yeah, we, we do. love them. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because it, I don't remember the first traded player exception. We were like, Oh, that's an interesting tool that we can use. Uh, but it wasn't all that long ago. It was before Gordon Hayward. You probably know the first one that we were like, 
Yeah, they've had a couple um, that were like, yeah, like you said, it was like, oh, okay, you know, they might be able to get somebody with that, but yeah, then then the Hayward one took things obviously yep. to a whole whole new level. So interesting. So let, let's let's go there and 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 look at what what does this mean now for next off season? And and we're starting we're starting this summer. And tra- training camp opens in like six weeks, for God's sake. Crazy. So, right? Like, I'm I'm trying to get the hell out of here on vacation so I can <laughs> get a recharge in. Where is a beach that I can go to for a week so I can, like, come back for media day? Uh, but anyway. Don't come to Florida. You might not make it back healthy. I, <laughs> I'm going to need, like, five booster shots to make it Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so it's it, it really starts now. Because the Celtics this season, while they've kind of suddenly put together a, a decent team with a little bit of depth and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not bad. Like they, they have created basically a temporary decent team that will look completely different a year from now, which means this season is a whole lot of evaluation. Which of these rookies is going to stay? Which I'm sorry, which of these guys on rookie contracts is going to stay? Which of them are going to be expendable? move them out, trade them, not pick up their options next year. Which of these guys that have been brought in on one-year deals, could they possibly re-sign? What's their Mm -hmm. trade value? Suddenly, we're looking at starting in like December, the Celtics could be pretty active on the trade market and maybe pretty active around the deadline because they they have a ton of evaluation, a a ton of flux in this roster. Yeah, absolutely. There's... It's funny. Last time I think I did your show, I probably didn't come off uh, so great because I get a little passionate and, and uh, <laughs> it was a little cranky. Um, but they they've dipped into the tax at least temporarily, and that's that's something, right? That's not nothing. They 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 went out and used that to go get Dennis Schroeder. Not the biggest Dennis Schroeder fan in the world, but he feels a need for this team. I think as long as he has his head right, he'll be fine for them. And, and I think this is also a situation where they could very easily say, see you later. Like it's not working out, you know, it's 6 million bucks wasted, but it's better than having a bunch of people angry in the locker room and not, not happy. But I think Corford, Cantor, Marcus Smart, there's enough guys here, I think, to kind of hone him in. I think we're also going to see him on his absolute best behavior under the idea of I got to prove next year. Because if there's one thing I'm pretty confident in, he's probably not coming back because they're just not going to be able to pay him. And he likely will not be in the same situation again next year. And if he is, it probably means he wasn't very good and you don't want to pay him anyway um, in that situation. So, yeah, so I think – you're absolutely right. I think early regular season can be the trade market doesn't now reopen until December 15th when guys become trade eligible that signed in the off season. And then that's kind of the early trade window opens then. So that's what we're, where I'm kind of looking at and saying, yeah, we could see some stuff happen here with, with some of these guys. Cause like you said, you, you talk about good players coming on the market well, one, you've got that seventeen million dollar trade exception. Now that, that has to be used by itself, but that's a nice thing. that could go ahead. You know, everybody's dreaming. We all know the names. You go use that to get some first round picks, so you can, you know, clearly use those deals. And these guys on the rookie contracts, what's nice now? They're contracts. 
starting to increase enough where you put together, and now you've kind of got that where you can go get a player. Whereas previous, you, you weren't necessarily going to be able to do that. So I think you them some optionality. Now, Horford's contract sort of been de facto expiring in a sense, um, where you might be able to convince the team, hey, take that on and you know, go, go do something with, with that money. Yeah, I think, think uh, Red Seas is the team also. It's awesome. A month ago, it didn't look bad. Yeah, and I think that's one of the most impressive parts here from what, what Brad Stevens has done. And, and clearly the Celtics front office, they, they the ownership group, they they saw this offseason as, or, or, or this roster as a little bit of a mess. And, and I think it's fair to criticize Danny Ainge for kind of chasing his own tail a little bit. Where the Gordon Hayward injury, as I, I've said, and a lot of people have said, that really screwed the Celtics, right? Because not yep. only that, the, you know, that year, the following year, it caused a lot of tension in the locker room. Terry Rozier was, you know, not not great after that. Kyrie, blah 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 blah. And I think what Ainge did in response to all of that was chase the quick answer. Okay, we lost Kyrie. Boom. Here's here's Kemba, and Kemba was fine. But then the thing happened. You're like, God, you know, and and. Uh, Gordon left and it's all right, fine, let's chase this guy. And and it was just a, a sequence of events. Some of it was maybe you can say an overreaction or or a whatever, however you want to classify it. Some of it was COVID that really hurt Danny Ainge, but all of that stuff, we can relitigate that at another time, I suppose. All of that stuff led us to this point where Kemba needed to move. Brad did a good job of all right, let's move Kemba. We're going to move him before the calendar flips. We're going to move this guy before the calendar, Tristan Thompson before the calendar flips. We're going to do these things. We're going to sequence these things. And I, I should be clear. We say Brad Stevens, but it's also the entire front office. It's Mike yep. Zarin. It's a lot of people in there. Mike Zarin's one of the smartest cat people that you're ever going to find. And, you know, when they put them, put everybody together in a room, that they came up with this. So I don't want to just be like, hey, Brad's a genius. It's the whole it's the whole team that's a genius. Or- but I think in the end, too, it's just to kind of continue to be fair. It's Brad Stevens, just like it was Danny Ainge. Now he's got to be the one to say we're doing it. Right. Like it, 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 fall, it ultimately falls on him. My, Mike Zarin is amazing. Um, I, I hope someday he gets a chance to run his own team because I just want to see what he could do with it. But I think he is, uh, you know, he's not the ultimate decision maker, right? He's going to tell him this is how it works cap wise. And then um, he will, and then, but it's ultimately up to Stevens to say, all right, you know what? We'll use the rest of the Hayward trade exception to go get Josh Richardson. We're going to do that. But yeah, it's, it, it is, it's been, I think I, this is the part that I had the least amount of worry about with Brad Stevens is using all of the very smart people that work for him to help guide him places to make, make good decisions himself. I, I felt 100% confident he would do that from day one. I had no worries about that part. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. That's that's kind of his MO. Get, every, get all the smart people in a room. Everybody puts their opinion in. I'm going to make a decision based on that. Much more with Keith Smith coming up in just a minute. First, I got to tell you about sweat block. Excessive perspiration is a problem. A lot of people deal with it. I've had my issues with it as well. It's an embarrassing problem, but it, this is a solution. It's created by a doctor and it's doctor recommended. Basically, this doctor said, I need to fix this problem for myself, and he came up with this product, 
sweat block. And how it works is it's basically a wet nap type of application. You take a shower, you apply it to your problem area, you go to bed, the next morning you wash it off. And what has been found is this works up for up to seven days. So you basically get a week of protection each time you use it. Might be different for everybody, but we've seen up to seven days of satisfaction here. If it doesn't work for you, that's okay. They've got a dry shirt guarantee. If it doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. But it's been tested. It's been proven. Some of the harshest conditions have shown to prevent the excessive sweating. So wear what you want to wear. Don't worry about wearing a dark shirt, a black shirt in the heat because you don't want people to see the sweat. You can wear whatever you want. You can have that extra bit of confidence. I know that that sweat on your shirt, you walk in, it's what people see, and you just don't want that. Now, without that, with that gone, you've got that bit of confidence so you can give that presentation. You can make a great impression on the first date, meet the parents of your significant other, whatever it is. Sweat Block will give you that extra bit of confidence. Google it, try it out, research it if you want. You're gonna find nothing but great results, and you can get 20% off right now at sweatblock.com. Use the promo code LOCKED ON. Again, this antiperspirant wipe has been shown to work for multiple days and can give you that extra bit of confidence. It's worth that, and you can get that 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code LOCKED ON, or you can pick it up at Amazon and CVS. Today's show is also brought to you by Theragun. Now, stress of daily life can wear on you even if you're an, an athlete or someone who sits behind a desk like I do all day. You get stressed, you get kind of tense and tight, Theragun can help. You've seen elite athletes use these percussive therapy devices all over the place. You see them on the sidelines, you see them during a game because it works. Theragun's Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain, releasing tension using the signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone, and it is quiet as an electric toothbrush. So are you working out? Are you getting back into working out? And you need to get rid of that soreness. This can really help. There's really no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. It's got an OLED screen and a design that makes you feel like you're holding something from the future. And it learns from your behavior, behavior so it actually suggests guided routines. 250 professional sports teams and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova trust Theragun and you can try it right now for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash lockdown right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash lockdown. Therabody.com slash lockdown. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. So maybe the most impressive thing, as I, I put it out on Twitter, it, it's kind of like he uh, humpty dumpty the Gordon Hayward <laughs> player exception back together yeah. again. You know, it's not exactly going to be how it was, but, you know, you've got Josh Richardson at $11 million in an expiring contract. You've got now a 17.1 traded player exception in Evan Fournier. Boom, you tape those together and you've got $28 million in 
movable assets that sort of equals what Gordon Hayward was coming out. So we continue to kick the can down the road. It was one of the scenarios we might have talked about. I know I've talked about on the podcast that if you got Fournier and you flipped Fournier into a traded player exception, you can kind of keep that flickering. It's like holding a, the candle in the wind and you're trying to hold it or you're trying to, people who light a, a smokable object in the wind, you're trying to do this. And that's yep. where we are with the, the, the rest of the Hayward traded player exception. So uh, I got to, I got to commend these guys for convincing the New York Knicks, a division rival to get, you know, play, play ball. They didn't have to do that for less than it took to convince the Hornets to do it. Cause they gave yeah. the Hornets two real draft picks. One of the picks they gave the Knicks was that, fake top 55 protected Hornets pick for this uh, upcoming season. And let's face it, Charlotte's not finishing in the top five in the NBA record-wise this year, unless uh, Gordon Hayward is uh, completely healthy, plays 82 games, and is the MVP of the NBA. And even then, I don't know that they'd get there. But you got the Knicks to take that one, and then you're giving them one other kind of semi Real pick that's it's it's got maybe the most complicated uh, scenarios because it's the 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 worst of the best of two or the worst of two yeah. and yeah it's very messy. I quite frankly I'm glad Boston doesn't own it anymore because I was not looking forward to tracking it. So now <laughs> it's but yeah I'm with you yeah I mean convincing them to do that to say do it and I think they in some ways set a precedent with the Hayward. Uh, sign and trade to the Hornets of, hey, why not? You're going to do it anyway. You might as well get something else to do it. Now, I think if the Knicks and Celtics were looking at it as, hey, we're one and one A in the East, we're not helping you out. You know, sure. see you later. Like, sure. we're not going to give you a tool to go add something. I think both teams very wisely look at it and say, Let's be realistic about where we are. Maybe if everything goes right, we might meet in the playoffs in a you know second round series if we each have amazing seasons. But that's probably about the cap of it, you know. And that's even dreaming a little pie in the sky. So yeah, so why not you know steal an extra second rounder out of it for doing something we're going to do anyway? Um, yeah, I, I think I, I just think it's smart business. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I think this ability to pivot stuff into. All right, here we are. And, and I like what you had said about Danny Ainge chasing his tail a little bit. I felt like Ainge was a couple of things. And I'd be curious to see if we could ever get him to talk about it or not probably you or I, but somebody at some point of him. Were you to the point where you knew you were close to done and you just couldn't give in and have it end in a way where it was, all right, I'm setting the team up to transition to a new phase. I got to keep adding to this because I 100% believe where it all went. And I, and, and I don't want to say wrong because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown being very good earlier than expected is not wrong, but right. where it went very different from plan was by the time Gordon Hayward was back the first time, he was already at that point, he was the fifth, sixth, seventh option on that team. Then Kyrie and Horford left, and Gordon Hayward might have, and, and I'm not criticizing Gordon Hayward here, but the mindset might have been okay, those guys left. I'm a year removed from the injury. I'm not ready to be one or two. And it wasn't. It, no, this was Tatum and Brown's team at that point. Even with Kemba here, it was still, you know, it was definitely Tatum's team and Brown was knocking on that door. And I think that's where it just changed everything. And I think Danny Ainge, instead of uh, so 
going full in on, wow, these guys are really good. Let's start moving these veterans out and building a team to support them. It was, I need to add to this. I need to add to this. I need to add to this. And I, and I agree with the 48 trade. I know some people are hating on it today. Um, you know, now in retrospect, but I still agree with it as far as giving the team hope, giving them something to play for. I'm not, you know, going in the tank at the end of last season and saying, just forget it. This, you know, it's, it's over. We're not going to be very good. So I don't hate that, but I think what Brad Stevens did was he basically said, all right, it stops now. I'm not going to keep chasing stuff that is these minor fixes over these things. I'm going to put us in a position where I can make us a little bit better with depth this year with Richardson and Schroeder and guys who we were on one year contracts, but I can really start to reset things. And I believe in what he and Ime Udoka have said repeatedly now is we're going to build around the Jays. Like those are our pillars. We're going to build around them. And I think the Marcus Smart extension is not no pun intended, but it's smart. It, it makes sense to, you know, add him, um, you know, to, to that mix for beyond just this year. And I know everybody says, well, now that that's a nice number, right? 17 million is a really nice number in a Bradley Beal trade. Yeah, you're not wrong. It is. Um, I don't think that's going to be how it goes. I think I I honestly think we're going to see Marcus Smart's best year of his career this year because I think Yudoka is committed to putting the ball in his hand and let him be the playmaker and let him run the offense. And I think that's where Marcus shines because it's not – the ball swung to me after two passes and there's 10 seconds left in the shot clock. And now I have to create something. It's going to be, get them in the offense, set them up and then go spot up. And if it comes your way, it's probably going to be on an open jump shot off of Tatum Brown, whoever uh, creates it for you. But, but yeah, I, that's just, you know, I, I went through a lot of different places there, but it was, <laughs> I, I do, I, I feel as, as uh confused and, not getting it as I was last time I was on your show, John, I feel that much 180 better about the team now moving forward. Wrapping up today's show next with Keith Smith, whole lot more coming up. First, I got to tell you about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar in the market. I've talked about Built Bar a ton. A lot of people have tried it. A lot of people love it and you should try it too. Basically, it's it tastes like a candy bar. It acts like a protein bar and you're going to get something that's delicious and good for you. Go check it out. Go to built.com. You can see all the nutrition information right there. They don't hide a thing. It's very easy to look at. And what you're going to find is a bunch of great flavors like cherry barcia, raspberry, uh, mint brownie, or double chocolate. Do you like uh, coconut? They have that. They have salted caramel. They have a bunch of different types of flavors to suit a lot of different palates. And... They're all about 17 to 18 grams of protein. Their calories range from 130 to 180 calories. Only about 4.4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So healthy, it's going to get you amazing flavors, taste, and you can pop one after a workout. You can use one as a meal replacement. You can do whatever. It's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So if they trust it, you can too. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15. Locked 15 gets you 15% off every order, every time. So buy it now, go back, stock up again later, experiment with different flavors. Every time you go, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order at Built.com. Also, today, Bet Online is hooking you up with a 
50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. Now you can go over there and check out whatever sports. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on anything that you want in the sports world. Baseball really coming down the stretch here. You've got uh, international sports, you've got the WNBA. And so go to bet online, create your username, create your profile. Sign up for free. Make your first deposit. Use the promo code Locked On. You'll get a fifty percent welcome bonus if you pop a hundred bucks in there on your first deposit. Fifty dollar welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. As you know, you want to go to Bet Online. They are your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. This is, I will say, the perils of doing like a daily show like this and, and producing daily content because we have to evaluate on the fly. Yeah. And I keep I I I called it like a like a Pictionary type of scenario or you know so. Brad is drawing a picture and we're just spitting out guesses halfway through the picture (laughs) and we're not getting it. You know, we're, we're trying to guess the ending to a movie 15 minutes in like, and, and just as an aside, now that we've gotten to this point of the conversation, this is why I hate the, Oh, this didn't age well kind of thing that goes on now, because I'm not saying things that are supposed to age well, especially on Twitter, but I'm, (laughs) I'm analyzing in the moment, Brad Stevens, got a bunch of guys on one-year deals. I got to do a daily podcast. You got to put daily content out. I got to write every day. And we're like, oh, well, it looks like this. And then Brad pulls the Marcus Smart extension. You're like, oh, okay. So then the whole plan wasn't that. And since they're not going to be forthcoming and tell us their exact plans, (laughs) you have to just kind of play along and say, oh, okay. So now here we are, Marcus Smart. I I always thought, I've been saying, he can be the starting point guard. I like him as a starting point guard. I, when he does catch the ball a, a second time in the offense, when he touches it a second time in the offense, I feel like it'll be in a corner. I I expect his corner threes to go up significantly this year. He yep. happened to shoot about 49% uh, on corner threes last season. So that is perfectly acceptable to me. If, if that plays out the way I think it is, then they're going to be fine. So the Celtics have a starting point guard. Getting starter level money, you you yep. pay a starter on, in the NBA seventeen million dollars. That's pretty good. You've got your guy in the max deal in Tatum. You got a guy on a less than max who could probably get a max deal now in Jalen Brown. Now you fill in the blanks around them. So just in in general, uh, I think this is a a a good deal for both Smart and for the Celtics. And now, as I was saying before, now we start the evaluations moving forward. And so to do that, we have to look at what's the situation next summer. Where where do the Celtics stand as far as, you know, we talked about a couple of the tools, but to get a better sense of what the Celtics might do, we have to get a sense of where do the Celtics stand right now as far as what they might have available at the trade deadline and then next summer when we get there. 
Yeah, and I and, and this is where I, I liken it to where, where you're saying they don't tell us the whole plan. Yeah, these guys are not uh, villains in an action movie where they've got the the hero tied up and they're like, now let me tell you my whole plan and then watch it all fall apart <laughs> on him. Right? I love those big <laughs> exposition scenes. Right? <laughs> it's the, I mean, we all do, right? And that's <laughs> that's how we know, you know, what the plan is. So, and I also like when uh, you know things uh, you know poke fun at it. Like, yes, I'm going to tell you my evil plan. No, no, I'm going to kill you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I always think that, that those are fun too. But yeah, I think so. Here's what we're looking at right now for the Celtics. So you've got Jason Tatum being the second year of his max deal, about 30.4 million. Uh, Jalen Brown, let's call it 28.7. He's got bonus stuff in there. We don't know how that'll all fall out and play out, but that's where he's at. Then you got Smart. That's going to likely be about $17.2 million if all the reporting is accurate that he got the most he could right now and all those things. I have no reason to believe anything different. So that's where, where those are your three big money salaries. Al Horford becomes kind of the question mark in there. Are they going to waive him and move on for $14.5 million? Are they going to keep him? On the books, I think some of that will probably depend on what does he look like. Because if you're operating as an over-the-cap team and he looks okay, there's really no reason to move on. You just keep him and let it play out. Uh, because if nothing else, then he becomes a $26 million trade chip versus being a $14 million dead cap hit, which you can do nothing with. Um, so I think it tends to be, unless he looks absolutely finished and cannot play at all, I tend to believe he's on this roster next this coming season and next season as well. Then you get down to now you're down to the kids in their uh, rookie scale team options. So that's Langford at about 5.6, uh, uh, Neesmith at 3.8, Pritchard at 2.2, and Grant Williams at 4.3. So those are your guys that you're down to. That's your your salaries that are on the books, you'll have, unless they come to an agreement with Robert Williams, a cap hold of about $11 million for him. Uh, you'll have, call it $3 million for their draft pick because it'll probably be somewhere in the you know 15 to 20 range in that range somewhere-ish. Um, and then, of course, because it, it feels like it's never going to go away, there's about uh, 93000 in dead money for Demetrius Jackson. Because uh, <laughs> that, that's the uh, gift that'll keep on giving. Um that's about what's on the books. Now, if they're an over-the-cap team, they'll keep the cap holds for Josh Richardson and Dennis Schroeder and all those things. Because once you're over the cap, you're over the cap. There's no reason to not do that because that could turn into a sign-and-trade possibility or something You know where, where you're doing something like that. And you could maybe see it where it's, let's if we want to dream big, and Bradley Beal or Zach Levine or somebody like that, maybe that team says, yeah, send us Josh, Josh Richardson back at you know $14 million a year to be the salary balancer, and we're we're okay with that. And maybe they, uh, under uh, Yudoka in Boston, he looks really good again. Um, yeah, I, I just think now there is this level of flexibility that didn't exist because it looked like, all right, we're either going to have a lot of these same names and Evan Fournier on a very big contract that maybe doesn't look great um, in years two, three, four, um, or we're going to have nothing and still not enough cap space to actually go sign a major free agent. And to create that major cap space a year ahead, because remember those rookie scale team options have to be decided upon by October 31st of this year for next year. It, they're, they're about a year out. You would have to know today that Bradley Beal has already told Jason Tatum, hey, get get it 
tell them get it done because I'm coming because that's right. the only way you do that. Otherwise, that's just not you're, you're you're doing that on a wing and a prayer, and that's not that's not smart business. So now you're in a position where you get a lot of stuff and you can go a lot of different directions, which I think is really good. And I think they improve the team for this coming season too. I think this is now going to look. He's not the coach anymore. But I think this is going to look a lot more like an early Brad Stevens team. A bunch of guys with size that are all pretty switchable, that can do a bunch of different things on defense. Um, your scoring's not going to come from the backcourt like it did in those early days when it was Isaiah and then Kyrie. It's going to come from the wings, from Tatum and Brown. Um, but you've got defenders there, if they, you know, almost at every position. Uh, yeah, if, if Schroeder comes off the bench and Cantor comes off the bench, <laughs> those lineups might be disaster potential defensively. Um, at that point, I want him to keep Jabari Parker and just play and just go, just try to outscore everybody, you know, 25 to 24 in the 10 minutes they play and hope for the best. But it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I, as negative as I was, I flipped and I'm like, all right, I can kind of see the vision now, at least for this coming season and where they may be going in the off season of 2022. So, and and they could turn around and get under the tax if they oh, if they really yeah. want to. So they've Very easy. they've now created a scenario. And this is this is where we have to give credit where credit is due with Stevens in that front office that they have now turned around and accomplished a goal where yeah. they have created a team that we can look at and say we understand that there was a kind of a a mess to clean up. You know, looking back at it. Uh, and they still put together a team that we could look at and say, competitive. This is a competitive team. We're not looking at an eighth seed here. No, nope. we're looking at a team that's going to be in the mix, probably for four or five, somewhere in there. If things break right, if Philly falls off, maybe you can fight for a third seed. That sure. that feels like a comfortable place to look at where this team is going to be. Is it great? Is it perfect? No, because you have Tatum and Brown. You want to fight for the one seed. You want to challenge Brooklyn. You want to have a chance to go to the finals. Hopefully, that comes next season. We've been talking about next season for a couple of seasons now, so this is probably the last chance for it to be next season before people really start to get antsy. But at the same time, Stevens has put himself in a position to to be a Chris Dunn trade away and maybe another move of getting under the tax anyway. Yep. And accomplishing a goal that the owners clearly want. And so as critical as we've been about ownership, I think that still stands. I think we still have to be careful not to be like, oh, it's okay, not a big deal. I still think the criticism of ownership stands. It's just not as big a deal right now because Stevens was able to get useful players in here, cobble together a decent team under understandable business uh, parameters and still still give us something for a season that we can go like, okay, we we can potentially enjoy this team. So yeah, credit where credit's due. If they were just spend, if they were pulling the Steve Ballmer and I'll just keep writing chip, you know, checks and uh, which even they're not, right? I mean, they they just did a pretty big salary clearing trade with trading Beverly and Rondo and uh, you know, in that deal for blood. So, but uh, so let me use the warriors as an example, we're kind of a middle of the pack team, but you know, we'll keep spending money until, you know, whatever, until it stops. Then Evan Fournier would still be on this team. 
And they would have done, they could and would probably would have done every move that they already did anyway. Cause you, you absolutely could have, there was nothing stopping that. But the reality is they were never going, nor should they have gone $20 million into the tax for this team. Even Fournier, would Fournier make them better? Sure. But he doesn't make him a title contender. So, so that part, my issue was always with the idea of, nope, we're not going into the tax at all this year because next year we're going to use all this cap space when that was right, kind of right. being the message that was sold through the media a little bit. And we 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 know who the team uses to kind of get messaging out. That was where I was like, those don't write out. And I, I probably even did this, right? Those don't connect. Yeah, <laughs> so you did was, actually make that exact same. Yeah, triggered, yeah, because that's my those don't connect things. I, I use that unfortunately at home with my daughter a lot. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's, that was my you problem. You have to talk to me exactly like you have to talk to me. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's, all of this stuff. Oh, perfect. All right. Just perfect. Yeah. yeah. Just remember one plus one is two, but not always, especially yeah. with the way they teach math in school. Now. I got to write that down. <laughs> so yeah, I can't help her with math homework anymore. I have to stay one lesson ahead or I'm in trouble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're to the extent of my uh, math remembrance. Um, as she enters sixth grade, which is probably says a lot more about me than her. Um, but that was my issue. Those messages did not connect. It was not, we can't pay the tax this year because we're going to spend a lot of money right. next year. Now the messages connect because now the message is if they do a salary clearing trade of, you know, they salary dump Chris on everybody's favorite dumping ground, OKC. Um, <laughs> then that makes sense, right? Because now get under the tax because next year you might do a sign and trade for a big salaried player to come in and, and be on the team. And that's going to push you into the tax. And then if you want to add to that team in year two or year three of that iteration, now I'm there. Now, now what you've done is you've set a cohesive path that you can see. And yes, nobody's going to lay out, this is exactly where we're going. I mean, right. We're going to hear from Brad Stevens uh, at a media availability here uh, very soon. And it's, he's not going to sit out there and, you know, uh, pull up a whiteboard behind and say, in this summer, we're going to sign Bradley Beal. And then we're going to do this. (laughs) That's not going to happen, but you can see now, all right, now I get where they're going. And the reality is I expect them to avoid the tax. This year, they're about 6.6 million over right now. Jabari Parker waiver gets you down to about 4.3 ish or so over. That's one more move from getting out of it entirely. And that's a, that, that's a Chris Dunn trade. That's a uh, move Carson Edwards and Bruno Fernando trade. And you're basically there. They, they, they will get there is my guess. Unless this team hits the trade deadline and they're somehow magically sitting in the second or third seed and look absolutely incredible, then I think there's a chance they may look at it and say, you know what, let's spend and be over and we'll deal with it in the future. And I have a little bit of faith that they will do that. Uh, potentially, they're not going to go crazy. I don't think they'd use the entire Fournier trade exception, which I'm going to call that the Hayward trade exception about 7 million times, uh, just out <laughs> of habit. <laughs> um I, I don't know that they'll use the entirety to add 17 million to, to this team's salary, but the reality is now they're in position to do it and they, they, they can do it without having to gut the roster and trade a bunch of players out, stuff like that. And that, that's why you trade a second round pick. Trade exceptions are valuable. You just got to use them. And so far, Danny Ainge and now Brad Stevens have used them. So that, that brings us to the key point here. Now they, purposefully made the sign and trade. This isn't like 
the Kemba Walker deal where, hey, they created a less than $7 million trade exception and yeah, they got to use it. That's great. But they didn't do that to create the traded player exception, which means yep. those types of deals, the Daniel Tice traded player exception, they didn't do that deal to create the, the TPE. They did <laughs> that to avoid the tax. To avoid the tax. <laughs> exactly. Now, you got a TPE out of it, so maybe you can use it. But like I said with the Hayward one, I'm going to say the same thing with the Fournier one, which basically is the cousin of Hayward traded player exception. That is purposefully done. They – they saw him leave. He was ready to sign with the New York Knicks. Could have done it without like, hey, sorry, thanks. Bye, Evan. Thank you for the two months you were here. But they went to the Knicks, convinced the Knicks, said, hey, here's a couple of picks and cash or whatever, however that exchange went, to make this happen so they could have a $17 million traded player exception. You don't get that. You don't spend these assets to not use it. So, and even though it's a, a second round pick, I've said this before, maybe I said it out to you in the last podcast. I think it's really funny how we talk out of both sides of our mouths in general, the, the collective we, when it comes to second round picks, because second round picks turn into Nikola Jokic sometimes or Draymond Green sometimes or Manu Ginobili sometimes. And then we just talk about them like, ah, we'll, we'll just buy another second round pick when we need them, just throw them around. There is value to having that extra draft pick because that's how you facilitate a sign and trade. That's how you facilitate a salary dump. So to have those extra ones, even the fake heavily protected ones, every so often it pays off. It works out. So uh, I, I, I'm curious as to where the Celtics go. So they, they can do a trade mid season. It's a straight trade. There's no sign and trade in the middle of the season. No. So they could either straight trade for somebody at the deadline. Maybe Bradley Beal says I've had enough and they, and they can try to work something out. Okay, so they do that, and now they have those three tools, and they can use all three TPEs. There's no restrictions. There's no there's no trigger of the hard cap, right? They're, unless they use a a, a mid level, a full full mid level. So they've got full, which they can't even do that now because they've used the taxpayer on Dennis Schroeder. So right, yep. but now next season, if next they, season, if yeah. they pull a deal this season for a third star, Bradley Beal, yep. mid season trade deadline, if they pull that off. Then he's part of the team. Then they could turn around and, and sign him. They're not going to, he's not going to opt in and then extend or anything. He's going to go through, he's going to opt out, and they're going to sign him as a free agent with the bird rights that they traded. <laughs> that sends a shiver down uh, Celtics fans, <laughs> you know, spines <laughs> after the number of guys that are supposed to opt out and re sign uh, that did not. <laughs> right. I, I, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I got a question about this on, on Boston Sports Journal. I was posed the question this is a complete side note from what I was getting down, but I was posed the question of, Hey, can Bradley Beal opt in and be traded to the Celtics and the Celtics just extend him off of that? And I said, yeah, but that's just 5% raises over three years, which yeah, is he wouldn't do it. Yeah. He wouldn't do that. It's basically no. the most they can give him is a three year, 120 some odd million dollar deal yeah. versus if he opts, if he opts out, then they sign him with the bird rights. It's a five year, $240 million deal that they can do with him. So any fantasies that anybody might be having right now, hearing this conversation about just extending him versus like, no, he's got to, he's got to decline his option and then sign as a free agent uh, using bird rights. So anyway, side note over they, if they manage that trade for him, 
then next season, basically no restrictions. Uh, use all three TPEs if you if you can. Use the taxpayer mid-level if you can. Build your team around those guys. Let's go nuts. Yeah. However, now, next scenario. Sign and trade scenario for Bradley Beal or third star. Hard caps him. Correct. Now, can how much of what's left over in traded player exceptions can the Celtics realistically use? Do you think? Do you have any idea? How much can they use in that summer? So let's say they go to Washington, the, the season's over, they pull the sign and trade, um, and they go into next summer. Actually, let me, let, that'll be my second question. Boy, I'm all over the place right now. <laughs> can the Celtics, if they stay under the tax, no, never mind. They can't. I just answered my own question. I was going to, is there a way for them to pull a deal with the, 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 the wizards like they did with Kemba during the playoffs? He opts out and they figure out a way to do it during the, 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 the current season. They can't do that. Right. There's no, way no, because he's going to be a pending free agent. So he would have to opt in first. Right. Um, in that situation. Yeah. Cause pending free agents cannot be traded after the trade deadline. Right. But once the season is over and he opts in, if he were to opt in, then he, could he, be. Could, he could do the Celtics a solid. He could, he could. say, yeah, I'll he's opt not going in to 38 and then I'll do four, 35%, five years, 35% of the next year's cap, which, hey, who knows? Maybe that's more palatable and they could swing a deal like that. And, and part of what's hanging over all this, and where you're going to hear this stuff quite a bit, I think, over the next uh, year or so, is that 20, so 21, 22, and 22, 23 are going to get played out under this current CBA. There is a chance 23, 24, and probably a good one, is the first year under a new CBA. And we know the players have given ground to some extent. Um, on stuff, but they also know that there is a massive uh, TV deal coming pretty soon yes. here, and it's expected to double. Um, so they're not gonna. So so we're gonna start to hear, guys. We're remember back when the cap spiked back in 2016. The talk was all these guys are gonna sign one plus one deals and those kind of things. We're yep. gonna hear that talk come back now for somebody like Bradley Beal. At that point, he's gonna be going into year 12. He's had injury histories in his career. It's 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 kind of a. I don't think we're going to see him do that. I don't. I think he if he's offered a full five year max, he'll take it and lock in and just live with whatever it is and just say, hey, well, you know, just that's the way it went. Um, but but you are going to start to hear that chatter come back up again. Of you know, guys are going to start to try to manage for when it you know cap spikes and. But I don't think this time around. My guess is. Um, everybody saw what happened <laughs> that, that that cap spike resulted in a ton of absolutely horrible contracts, which yeah. actually hurt the next year's free agents because there wasn't money available for those guys. So I think what you're going to see is probably more attempts at smoothing the cap and those kind of things that'll likely be negotiated into this next uh, CBA when it comes up. But but that's all you know further down the line yeah. stuff. That's important but, stuff though. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, that so, new TV deal comes in at the 25-26 season, yeah. which is 
by the way, the year Jason Tatum can opt out of the year five. <laughs> yeah, Jason Tatum's going to make a lot, a lot of money. Yeah, that thirty-seven, that, that thirty-seven million dollars is going to look like peanuts compared to what he get. He he might get a starting salary of fifty or sixty million dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to see someone is going to push eighty, ninety million um, by the end of of that. If, if it's the right play, if it's like a Doncic who's adding on years and then. You know, uh, stuff in front after that TV deal comes out because who knows? And we, you know, we don't even know what the max contract will look like. Is it going to exist the way it exists now? There's going to be a lot of things that I think change because there's the the players have, like I said, the the ownership has. Um, they're basically at a 50-50 split right now, but the owners took the bulk of the hit on the the COVID related season, and whether it really hurt them too badly or not. My guess is it didn't because they, uh, the cap is, is, um, you know, going up, uh, some. So my guess is what we're going to see with the, the owners is they'll use it, you know, as a negotiating tool of, you know, Oh, you know, we're all still hurting so bad from it, but the players are too smart now. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to hear that. It's, you know, but I also think too. Yeah. And I also think too, these, whether Michelle Rod, we know she's looking to retire, and you know, we'll, we'll, we don't know what her involvement will be. And Chris Paul stepped away, but everybody knows, uh, hey, rising tide lifts all boats. Here, we're we're doing pretty good. Let's not screw this up. So I don't expect it to be super acrimonious or anything like that. But to to your question on on Beal, um, if they didn't, I'm just going to keep using Bradley Beal because that's the uh, apple of everyone's eye. Sure, if they brought him in at the, that year it looks like you know um uh you know 41 million or so in projected first year salary um yeah. or for 43.7 and i apologize. oh well it kind of depends we're talking about next year right um yeah so 41.6 depending what they sent out which i assume at that point if it's a sign and trade in you're talking some of the kids gotta go you know, Neesmith, sure. Richard Williams or something, you're sitting about, let's just call it 12-ish million under the tax, but you're sitting 12-ish million under the tax with about seven or eight roster spots to fill. So what you would have there is, and that, that puts you about, let's call it 18 million or so under the hard cap, which you would be hard capped because you got a player through sign and trade. Um, not impossible right to to work around it's just you're talking then uh, probably the taxpayer mid-level versus the non-taxpayer maybe you could go with the non-taxpayer and then squeeze in a whole bunch of minimums what you're essentially hoping for at that point is you're going to pull a lakers fill it out with your three big salaries a couple mid-range salaries and then you're you're chasing minimums and you're hoping to get everybody looking at and saying well you know what all right, Nets are a year older, and Bucks sure, got a yeah. couple older guys. Let's sign on. So that's that's kind of where where you're sitting. It's not not hard, but it becomes all right. Where are we going with this? Right. And okay, so on the plus side of a tight squeeze, there they're not relegated to the taxpayer mid level because they're already hard capped. Yep. So they can they can go to six six and a half, provided they stay under the apron before they use it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. So, so they're not limited to, we say taxpayer middle, they're not limited to that no. if they, if they find a way to use it. So that's one yep. thing. The second good thing in that scenario or thing that could work in their favor in that scenario is opportunity where any of the bigs that are available, any of the power forwards, 
that are available because you'd have Smart, Tatum, Brown, and Beal. You're very perimeter heavy, heavy there. There's clear opportunity off the bench. There's clear opportunity in the front court. There's clear opportunity uh, backing up these guys. So players who are on these minimums are going to give up something, money, but they're going to have the opportunity there and obviously the, the potential to chase a ring. Yeah, so I look at it. Sorry, but I look at it as the equivalent to why did Malik Monk sign with the Lakers on minimum when a lot of people are like, he could have got, you know, maybe four or five million from somebody. Malik Monk signed there with a minimum because he knows if he plays well, there's a lot of minutes to be had. And that'll be the last minimum contract he ever signs because then it'll be, you know, sign this guy for more money. So, yeah, I always look at it when it comes down to minimum players or even if you're looking at tax taxpayer or non-tax mid-level players, if the money is the same in four or five different destinations, it comes down to where do I want to live? Who do I want to play with? What's my role? And is there going to be minutes there available? And you're absolutely right. If I'm a big, I'd look at it in Boston and say, uh, yeah, I'm good. It's almost kind of, remember back when they did all the machinations to get Hayward and everything? That's how they plucked Aaron Baines. Because Aaron Baines looked at it and said, all right, it's the room mid-level. That's about my value everywhere else, but I'll play in Boston. Because they don't have they, it was Al Horford and no other big on that roster at that point. Uh, so it was Baines looking at it and saying, yeah, I'll, I'll play there. I'll, I'll sign up. I'm on board because I'm actually going to have a role. And that that's what you have to offer, much like that's what the Lakers and Heat had this year as they started picking guys off because – you know, all right, Carmelo, you're getting the minimum no matter where you go. Might as well get it here and actually play a bunch of minutes with your buddy and in a city sure, that yeah. everybody likes to live in and all those things. So, yeah, the city part, that eh, gets a little tough for Boston. It's a, you know, and I mean, I love home. I, I try to convince my wife mm-hmm. at least once every year to move home, and she always says no. And her reason is not she loves Boston, but Boston is not a, there's not very many 75 and sunny days in the middle of February in Boston. <laughs> Um, I mean, there will be more as the climate continues to deteriorate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have that selling point. My hometown of Bridgewater becomes uh, oceanfront property. As yeah, Cape right. right. Yes, yeah, right. true. You just buy <laughs> buy a plot in Fitchburg and wait. <laughs> there it is. You have it on the top of the hill, preferably. Um, so <laughs> that's a different podcast. <laughs> it's a different podcast. All right. That's just part one of the conversation with Keith. We talked for more than an hour And the next part of the conversation was, hey, what if the Celtics don't want to go for a third star? What if Jason Tatum becomes a first-team All-NBA level player? What if Jalen Brown becomes a third-team All-NBA level player? Two lock All-Stars that you can hang your hat on. What if Marcus Smart in this new role becomes awesome? Let's look at that possibility that maybe the Celtics don't want to go and gut the team for Bradley Beal or Zach Levine or Damian Lillard or whomever. Maybe there's another path. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. So please subscribe to the show. Uh, If you're listening on the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, either subscribe, come back, hit the little bell so you can get an alert when I come back and drop another show. And of course, share the podcast. Make sure you're telling all of your friends and your family and everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.